a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah Health. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Welcome into the Saturday show, everybody. Hope you all are doing well. Michelle Bodkin over there, Utah Utes Insider for KSLSports.com. Jake Hatch here, regular Joe talking on the radio. I don't have a fancy title like you, Michelle, but oh, how whatever. are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well. I uh, hope everybody out there is doing well as well. Uh, Sarah is back in the saddle today producing for us. Sarah, what's up? Nothing much. Thanks I'm for stopping by. You know, happy to be here this time. Actually, <laughs> it's okay. Hey, things happen. So no, thanks. Thanks for st- thanks for coming in. Uh, we got a lot to cover on today's show. Got a special guest, Michelle. This is all on you, obviously, and this is a big get. I think uh, Hank Mon- Mondaka. Did I mm-hmm. pronounce that correctly? Yeah. Former University of Utah punter. He's doing some really cool things in the camp space, especially mm-hmm. for underprivileged athletes. Excited to catch up with him. Yeah. No. What what he's doing is really cool. Uh, and it's going to have a particularly special twist this go around. So, very excited about what's happening here and uh, to kind of give you all some information on it. Awesome. Looking forward to that. Uh, we're going to talk plenty of NBA draft at the end of the NBA season. Um, apparently, uh, did you see what happened in Denver with their with their parade? They're equal parts. People say like taking pictures of their parade, saying like, "See, there's the, there's like no." Denver fans actually out there, but they actually had quite a few fans out. People were taking weird pictures and trying to like downgrade their their parade they were having to celebrate their NBA title. Gosh, that kind of sounds like Utah fans <laughs> always waiting for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> it just made me chuckle when I saw that. I'm like, there's lots of people, whatever. Like, celebrate how you're going to celebrate. But we'll talk about that. Talk some NBA draft. Uh, but we got also uh, need to talk about uh, San Diego State's trying to engineer their way out of the Mountain West Conference, but without a clear landing spot and they're at least that's how it appears yeah, to the outside based on the reports yeah no doubt about that so we'll talk about that but as we are want to do as we start each show what was the highlight of y'all's week let's start off with you michelle unless sarah's got something she's dying to get off her chest <laughs> nope go ahead um overall i don't know just overall really good week it was it was kind of a 
a good week for me. I felt like there were good stories in the in the Utah sphere to kind of play with, and uh, I I was asked to do uh, the first interview for Kyle Brennan uh, since oh, nice. since he resigned at uh, Illinois State, uh, mm-hmm. and then obviously took the CEO job with the Crimson Collective. Um, I thank you, thank you, thank you for asking me to be the first to do that. Uh, and hopefully that's the first of many mm-hmm. of those interviews uh, and building that relationship. But um, so that was really cool. And uh, went to the Powder League last night. That was fun, too. And, I saw your post on uh, KSL Sports yeah, and Instagram. Feed. Yeah. Uh, I caught up with Dre Lewis, who's a friend of the program. And, okay. you know, it's always good to see some of those former guys come through and do what they do. Well, and the thing about the powder league, it's just a fun thing. Cause there's some high level players that show up and they're, 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 they're playing all out. It's fun. It's a fun thing. If you have not been out to the powder league, I encourage you to give that a shot. Sarah, what do you got for us? This week? What was a highlight of your week. Well, I spent most of, most of the week recovering from a weird stomach bug, but I did get to record a podcast with a friend and I'm going to be co-hosting with her from now on so that was really fun i did listen to it by the way (laughs) which is really funny because it's definitely the target audience is definitely not 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 me (laughs) it's definitely females but um i appreciate you listening oh i i hey here's the thing i listen to a lot of podcasts i have a i have a decent commute coming in and out of the out of the studio and everything and that's what I listened to and when you said you were on a podcast I pulled it up immediately I was on my drive home the day you told me about it I listened to it on my drive home so uh funny to hear you guys talking about the uh the the messy situation yes and you guys had a completely different take than almost anybody I've heard talk about it but, yeah but your point is well taken it's not meant for Mid thirties, dad of two, Jay Catch over here. Like, but that's okay. It's not. A, a, there needs to be different outlets for different people. Yeah, that was kind of her thought process through it. Was she wanted to target females mm-hmm. who are like casual sports fans, so they may not want to get into the nitty gritty of stats and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> but still want to know what's happening in the sports sure. world, kind of. Yeah. And so that's very much what it is, but it's it's kind of fun, and I'm excited to be a part of it. That's way I, cool. I will continue to listen, and I, I I appreciate like outside the box takes of what I usually get, like when it comes to sports talk radio and podcasts I listen to. It was, it was, you guys did a good job, by the way. It was fun. I appreciate it. So. It was. I was a little nervous because I was like, I haven't done this before, but. The show is very much how me and her already talk. Okay. On like a normal basis, so it That's was perfect. kind of just riding a bike. Yeah. Lots of topics covered very quickly, but at the same time entertaining. I, I thought it was I thought it was fun. Anyway, so have to check this out. What's the name of it so people if they want to check it out? It's called Calling the Shots. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you can get it anywhere. Um, we also have it on YouTube, so if you want to see us, mm. you can also see us. So. <laughs> it's the new future for podcasts. Trust me, I, it is. I do my Locked On Cougars one, and they're like, "Hey, you need to move over to YouTube." And I'm like, "People don't want to look at my face talking about it, but." It's incredible how much more reach it gets when they have a video component with it. Anyways, uh, highlight of my week, I was actually uh, able to stop by the Bonneville Golf Classic earlier this week on Monday. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of our big clients hitting Bonneville broadcast for Salt Lake Market. Uh, Fun to see them, just interact with them a little bit. It's, it's, It's fun. So I was out there. I didn't spend the entire day out there, but it was good to see a bunch of people showing up. And it was just fun to kind of mill around a little bit. So. Kind of, and come on, I got to hang out on a golf course. 
Well, and as someone pointed out to me, the weather infinitely better oh. this go around than last year. Okay, so I so last year I intended to go up there. I drove over to Bonneville after I got done here at the station. <laughs> got there last year and looked at the weather and said, "Nope, nope." And I literally <laughs> left. <laughs> I, probably, probably a bad employee to do that, but I was just like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm out." And. It was it was just fun. It was a lot of good people out there. Good to see a bunch of our people that we interact with on a day to day basis. And uh, I still have dreams of flying in Chopper Five at some point in my life. Oh yeah! It, it was on the golf course. They landed. They took off right as they were starting the tournament. I'm like, uh, one day, one day, I'm gonna fly in that bad boy. <laughs> yeah, invite us. <laughs> I'm act- not. I'm not sure for what reason, but just invite us. They, well, yeah, they they <laughs> raffled off a, like a free ride in it. It was one of the raffles they were doing for one of the holes. I'm like. Can I answer that? Like, no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, all we have to do is come up with the story that makes uh-huh. sense. Hmm. Brainstorm. We'll, we'll, we'll brainstorm, brainstorm this. Yeah. You could do like an aerial view of the breaking ground of a new baseball park. Ooh. Oh, there. Something you go. like that. We get. You're footage. smart. Look at this. Yeah. yeah. That that podcast has got you got <laughs> wise to. Yeah, someone needs to write an article. They need aerial pictures. They get sent totally. up there. You know, totally. That's not wasteful spending at all. Not at all. It's not like it's not like that. That chopper has HD cameras mounted on every side of it that don't need me to run it. Hey, I want to go anyways. Let's do this thing. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll find some way to make it happen. All right. Uh, so without further ado, let's actually get to the meat and potatoes portion of today's show. Let's get to what's the big deal. Do you know who I am? No, I I can't say that I do. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Really? People know me. I'm very happy for you. I'm very important. Uh, I have many leather-bound books, and my apartment smells of rich mahogany. (laughs) All right, uh, let's dive in and talk a little bit about what's going on in college football, Michelle. Yesterday, a little bit of an interesting report from Pete Thamel, ESPN's uh, college football insider, saying that uh, San Diego State had sent a letter to the Mountain West Conference uh, that was originally thought they were essentially resigning, we're Mm -hmm. we're, we're leaving the conference. That's how the Mountain West took it. Then they sent a follow-up letter, no, 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 no. We're not leaving quite yet. (laughs) But we would like, you know, to have a, a an extra month to make our decision on what we're going to do. And oh, by the way, we also want to negotiate the buyout price. Where do you sit on all of this? It, I would have to imagine they're not letting the Mountain West Conference know that if they don't have a pretty good idea. Now, the report did go on to say that no official invite and I think most people's train of thought is that this invite's going to come from the Pac-12. But there yeah. there has been some discussion about the Big 12 as well. Um, but ne- neither of them have extended an invite, at least that any of us are aware Correct. of. Yes. Um, again, I, I have my suspicions. They probably wouldn't do that if they weren't pretty sure. That's a really scary business move if, if you don't have a yeah. pretty good idea. Um, that this is, in fact, coming down the pipeline. Uh, so, it, again, it kind of feels like may, maybe we're on the verge of kind of wrapping things up here with whatever this Pac-12 thing has been. Uh, but obviously, there's still some more steps that need to happen and take place. Mm-hmm. And 
uh, it's just, I think, one more kind of clue to keep watching and and monitoring uh, because it does feel like maybe something's going to actually happen with this situation. And yes, I see. I agree with you. You don't you don't send a letter like that if you're San Diego State without having an idea of what's coming. I would at least I would hope not. But at the same <laughs> time, I I look at San Diego State and the quote. Uh, they asked the Mountain West for, quote, a one-month extension to get given unforeseen delays involving other collegiate athletic conferences beyond our control, unquote. If I'm the Mountain West Conference, I'm like, hey, you know that date on June 30 that, you know, the seven, it's, it's like 16 and a half or seven, yeah, 16 and a half million to nearly 34 million it's yeah. between June 30 and July 1. Like, you're potentially owing double what you would owe to leave the conference. But the the situation is, why would the Mountain West Conference acquiesce to this request? I, I and I had the same thought. I was like, "Wow, that's a uh, that's pretty ballsy yeah. to ask for that." OPS, we're probably leaving. Yeah. Uh, but could you do us a solid? Hey, <laughs> save yeah. us some money and and give us a little more wiggle room on the con. Yeah. I I don't know about I. Here, here's the thing. Like again, this is all very new to me. I don't know how these contracts and negotiations work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did see someone point out that technically Houston did a similar-ish thing with the Big Twelve invite. I would have to look into that a little bit more. Uh, so I guess this is kind of sort of a thing, but it seems at least to an outsider that does not do that kind of stuff for a living, it seems very odd to me. See, and see, I made this analogy on Twitter yesterday. So this is the quote. I, I put this out there because I was thinking about it, I'm like, this screams to me. Like, So th- here it is. Quote, so listen, I'm going to go hang out with this other group, but I need you to let me hang out with you until they figure out what they're doing. That's totally cool with you, right? <laughs> I'm not saying I've never been in that situation ever in my life. I have. But it... That this is what that screams to me. Yeah. So we're 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 going over here more than likely, but we're gonna st- on the off chance that we don't. Can we- we're just gonna we're just gonna hang out with you guys just until they figure out what they're. And that's the thing. The rest of the Mountain West got to be thinking. Okay, move along. Like, it, right. Yeah. Uh, if if you really feel that strongly that you're out the door, then just be out the door. Yeah, and they're also arguing that they made $10 million in future NCAA, NCAA tournament credit uh, units, is that what they call them, they're not credits, they're units, that roughly would equal $10 million they won't take with them to a new conference it's, as a reason for them to have their buyout bought down. But here's the thing, if you're the Mountain West Conference, you're like, great for doing that, but we... That's sixteen and a half million dollars. We're we're expecting a wire payment. Like, yeah. get it done. They also want to like delay it for four. They want to spend, spread it out over four years. Whatever the circumstances are, if San Diego State made this move as rash as it may appear on paper, or at least based on the reporting, you have to have that money secure. You have to have that money ready to roll. Mm-hmm. And maybe they do, and they're just trying to posture themselves and try and get it cut down a little bit. Yeah. But at the same time, you're you're making, as you mentioned, a very ballsy decision to go out there and proclaim to the world, "Hey, by the way, we're more than likely leaving." Yeah, but we hey, feel we like need, we're gone. We need. Um, this is like and I thought. I think Jeff Hansen, Rakudu Ten on Twitter also made this. This is a two week notice for you guys, but we may need to make it six weeks. Yeah, that, that's that, that's fine. Like right, and the Mountain West Conference would be thinking, no, 
Like, this is not cool. Yeah, why should why should we help you when you're going to leave us? Like that's the thing about this. It, it's such a weird situation. But to your other point, you mentioned this. It maybe feels like something's actually going to make a move here. Yeah. Now the reporting does say out there, and I've read the various ones out there that no moves by the Pact will be done until they secure their current media rights negotiations and get that all signed, sealed, and delivered. So. If they're to me, that screams okay. San Jose understands maybe it's not going to be done by June 30. That's why they're asking for this extension. But at the same time, you and I have talked about this enough on this show. The delays in the Pact 12 media rights, even given another month, can we be sure that in the next six weeks, stuff's going to be done? I, I mean, it's hard to say. Yeah. And, and again, it's this is really, I think, coming more from. We're on the outside looking in and we're impatient and, and we don't see or necessarily know all the work that has to be done to go in to get this done. But we keep hearing little nuggets of, oh, it's it's close. Oh, we think we know what we're. Oh, 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 but we got to push it back. And I think those of us on the outside, again, because people are impatient, are yeah. like, can we just be done with this? Uh, whereas on the inside, I don't know. I don't know that they necessarily feel as strongly about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think the Pac-12 CEO group is more of the opinion we're going to get this right. And if yeah. we have to keep pushing the timeline back, well, we've basically got another year on this contract, sure, so let's yeah. go. Yeah, they can they push it as um, long as they really need to to make sure, that, as you point out, to get it to where they want it to be continued. But, but from our standpoint, it's annoying. Well, like, sure. It's it's annoying, but part of it's because we don't really know what, what these conversations are. We don't really know what the holdup is. We don't know why there's a holdup. And it's just, uh, we're re- I think outsiders are ready to be done with it. Yeah. On the inside, I don't know. I, I have heard some, <laughs> heard some talk that they think it's actually kind of funny. <laughs> well, I mean, sure. <laughs> okay. If you're the Pac-12... I know that it can be uh, irritating to continue to have your name, quote unquote, dragged through the mud. But there are there's multiple studies out there that having your name in the headlines, no matter good, bad or indifferent. Yeah, it's actually not a bad thing for you. Like it's, a, it's a, You're continuing to be talked about. You stay relevant that way. So, yeah, mm-hmm. to their point, there may be someone that you're like, oh, it's kind of funny to be continued to have this kind of drag on and on and on. Uh, you know, someday I would love to like get the full story of what this is. An and oral I, history. An oral history, so to speak. <laughs> and I, as annoyed as I kind of am in the moment, mm-hmm. I can see myself like five years from now getting this story and hearing, like, I so hope there's an element of, oh yeah, it was done for a while. We just, <laughs> we just wanted to make the rest of you. Spin your wheels. That's probably not the case. I w- just just yeah. to be honest, yeah, uh, it, it, it doesn't but, seem like that. But it would make me laugh if that were like the academics are poking fun at the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure, and that 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 very well could be the case. Like that, I don't. I'm with you. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't I'd be think shocked. so because they the the ruse would have been up by at this point. Like they would have been like, hey, you know what? It's done here. This, you is, go. this is just my wild imagination making up scenarios, like thinking about it from the standpoint of if this were to be made into a movie, <laughs> like what what would the writers put in oh. to exaggerate this and make it feel 
just extra. They would have so many, so many things. The other thing about this is this gives a big opportunity to multiple people to continue to write stories about it, but at the same time, it continues to keep the the Pac-12 in its in the headlines. Now, with regards, going back to the San Diego State thing, there were a lot of people out there, and I saw people postulate, well, could Brett Yormark in the Big 12 swoop in and scoop up San Diego State? That still could happen, but in the story, in the ESPN story in particular, it does say here, the school has been part of the Big 12's realignment exploration, and there have been conversations per a source, but sources say neither side has prioritized the other at this point. San Diego State has full intentions of being in the Pac-12, as I think they should, because it fits geographically with what they're doing. They actually become the Southern California outpost, I guess, mm-hmm. in a way. They, they lock down that market as much as they possibly can for the Pac-12. Having to go potentially to UCF and West Virginia and the Big 12, not necessarily as attractive. But if, for whatever reason, that the Pac-12 doesn't come through, for X number of reasons over here, we, we, we've talked yeah. about so many different reasons that things could happen, this could be where the San Diego State has to pivot and be like, hey, your mark. <laughs> you know, th- those conversations that we had earlier. That, we are you interested. Know, we, we maybe weren't as interested. We're interested. Yeah. I just, th- to me, the, the decision here and the, to go out and tell the Mountain West, like it was June 13th. So earlier this week, they sent that letter. Uh, the, the funny thing is the Mountain West responded informing the school in the letter Wednesday. The conference had accepted the letter of withdrawal and the consequences of the move had begun. All of a sudden, San Diego State's like, whoa, whoa, the letter was just to, you know, we want to look at our options. We were just politely letting you know yeah, that, that this might be coming down the pipeline. You, but no promises. That's the thing about this. I'm with you. Your original <laughs> premise, and I probably wasted an entire segment talking about it to go back to this point. They have to have an idea of what's yeah. coming down the pipeline. Uh, and the con- the limited conversations I've been able to have on the topic, I, this is nothing new to me. Uh, I've been told for months that San Diego State and likely SMU, although that conversation feels like it's cooled down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's people that still think that SMUs may be involved as well. But definitely San Diego State sure. has been put on kind of realignment alerts. <laughs> like so yeah. so they've been sitting and waiting for a while. I would assume there's been, you know, some pretty pretty concrete conversations uh and again normally i would not put a lot of weight in what a coach says uh but asking asking about the overall health of the san diego state athletic department and getting a response from the softball Mm -hmm. coach that they think they're going to be in a p5 again i don't think that happens unless some pretty serious conversations have taken place and and there's a level of surety that this is going to ultimately come down the pipeline. Sure. And that that's the thing about this is you you don't make this bold of a move without ha- having at least a fairly good idea. Your softball coach is not publicly talking about, you know, yeah, exactly. it, there, there's just little things um, that kind of, to me, indicate this is a thing. Yes. Now, how quickly this thing will happen TBD. Yeah, that, that that that's kind of the question of like where ultimately we'll- we're, we're we're already kind of months into this. Like I said, this is something I think I was told about to watch for 
gosh, probably towards the beginning of the year. Okay. So, I mean, like, this this has been a thing for a minute. And that's the, it'll continue until it actually is resolved. And mm-hmm. it, we, we move, all are able to move on with this. But this, this was just kind of an interesting thing to come out on a Friday. To be like, hey, by the way, uh, we sent a letter. And, like, the, uh, they probably didn't necessarily mean for it to get out. But obviously, as we've seen in the history of the Mountain West Conference, when – Schools try to leave, which San Diego State has tried before. If you recall, in 20, was that 2010, the summer of realignment, 2010 or 2011, they announced they were going to the Big East Conference. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, you didn't know this part of the story? I mean, I probably did, and yeah. I just forgot it because I was so caught up in the Utah BYU drama. Yeah, so, when Utah State. Yeah. yeah. So, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was 2011. So, 2011 announcement, I remember this vividly. San Diego State agreed to join the Big East as a football only member starting in July 2013. <sighs> In January of 2013, after the Big East blew up and right. fell by the right. wayside and they became just basketball only, the Mountain West presidents voted to allow San Diego State to return to all sports in the league. Like All was smoothed over, at least for the time being. And San Diego State's gone on to have some bigger success in men's basketball, obviously. Football's been... Football's had its moments. Yeah, but it um, hasn't been elite. But that's the thing about this is you don't go out and announce to the Mountain West Conference where you've called home for decades Ever. at this point that you're like hey by the way we're gonna withdraw and it just it screams to me that they think that the the pac-12 is gonna seal up its media rights here pretty quick and then it's gonna pivot to expansion and to your point it could be san diego state and smu or let's say the rumors in, of colorado are true and colorado is considering jumping back to the big 12 well guess what a natural addition right back to fill their yeah. slot is san diego state there's there's multiple scenarios here that involve san diego state and i think probably is the impetus for them deciding, you know what, we're going to send this letter right now. Yeah, yeah. It, it Again, it, it feels like we're starting to march towards some clarity. Yes. The, the grant of rights being agreed upon, mm-hmm. San Diego State making this declaration. Um, it, it, it feels like things are starting to line up and the picture's becoming yeah. clearer. Uh, but, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll it, see. It's It's... The drama is to be continued. <laughs> Continue to give us stories to talk about. There's no doubt about that. <sighs> All right. Uh, so we will come back on the other side. I want to talk a little bit about what's going on with the NBA draft. That's the fun part about this is there's a lot going on on that front. Uh, by the way, Utah Jazz, did you see Ryan Smith last night? I think I it, that they're doing a like, party at like the open, Delta Center. Like yeah. open it up. I actually saw it just before I walked in here. So but. we'll talk a little bit about Hi. that. We'll talk about the, what uh, ultimately the Jazz may ultimately do in the NBA draft. We'll have to cover on that front. So we'll get to all that coming up next. This is the Saturday show right here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. 
In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome into the Saturday show. Hope you all are doing well on this Saturday morning. Michelle Bodkin, Jake Hedge along for the ride. And Sarah, right back to the country roots producing today. Thank you for that. Just a little Shania Twain. Keep that rolling. We don't mind. (laughs) A little Shania. Come on now. Great stuff. All right. uh, So obviously it is NBA draft season. By the way, congratulations to the Denver Nuggets uh, winning their first NBA title in franchise history. Uh, Fun to see them celebrating and uh, it was funny to watch. Uh, like you, I don't know if you saw the parade at all, Michelle, but you had Nikola Jokic out there, and as typical, his daughter stole the show. Oh, really? Yeah, she, cute little thing. Aww. He was having a great time, and he had said that after the things, like I got to go home. Like he wanted to go back to Serbia. He's got uh, his horses. He got to attend to and that type of stuff. He's like, he decided, you know what? I'm just gonna hang out and. Uh, he said he had a great time on the parade. Actually, wanted to, it to continue after it concluded. So, uh, congratulations to them. But now all eyes turn towards the NBA draft. Obviously, we're all expecting a Big Vic, as PK calls him, Victor Wembanyama, to be the first overall pick in the draft. But after that, considering the trade rumors out there, Michelle, from two on down, there could be trades. There could be all kinds of hijinks going on in this NBA draft. It sounds like how much. I guess first off. How much do you care about the NBA draft? Because I, it's one that I enjoy because it's pretty compact. It's like the NFL draft where it's spread over three days. It's combined to one night. It's two rounds. And these players, especially in the first round, they're going to be guys you're going to see on the court and be very visible pretty quick. It honestly depends on the year. Okay. If if Utah has someone that potentially is going to get drafted, then I tend to pay a lot more attention just because, again, that's, that's where yeah. – where my beat, that's what, what I kind of have to be on top of the most. And if I don't have to be on top of something, <laughs> I let it go. Uh, but, I mean, there's always some curiosity there, especially, again, having a local NBA team. Um, always interesting to just hear the chatter mm-hmm. um, and, and just kind of see how things fall out and how jazz fans react. And especially now having a radio show where I have to talk about it a little bit, <laughs> sure. like yeah. it, it's a good thing to, to be at least minutely aware of. I do agree. I like that they get through it a lot faster, yeah. uh, but that's interesting that you said that there's the potential for um, some movement there. I would have to assume that could greatly benefit the Jazz. Well, and that's the thing about it. the Jazz could be involved in any of this. There, there are just there there are rumors out there involving. I said, like I said, after after the number one pick, because if San Diego, not San Diego, I, mean, I got San Diego State on the brain still. If San Antonio does not take Victor Wembanyama, it may be the biggest like non draft pick in NBA history, and that includes Michael Jordan going after Sam Bowie in nineteen eighty four. Like, it just you don't miss out on that guy. Mm-hmm. 
But after that, it, it, just reading what I've read about the draft, it sounds like there is there is at least the thought process on, okay, who do you take with number two? If you stick with that number two spot, if you're Charlotte, do you move out of that spot? Portland apparently is considering dangling the number three spot to find a player to pair with Dame to hopefully make a run at an NBA title. Uh, Houston, they're in asset accumulation mode. It feels like yet again, even though they've got so much young talent that needs some direction. And then, then you finally get to Detroit, who had the worst record in the league this year. They're all the way stuck at number five, and they're like, all right, what do we got? We got Monty Williams. We just hired him, paid him a lot of money to be our head coach. But can we find another piece to go kind of go in the puzzle we've got here? There's a lot of intrigue. But then the, all the way down at number nine, you have the Jazz sitting there with their treasure trove of assets. We all know the draft picks they've accumulated, the cap space that they have. Could they see some of this maybe fluctuating on draft night and say, you know what? We're striking while the iron's hot, and we're making the move up. That That's my question is, how aggressive will the Jazz be? And they have the three first-round picks already. They go 9, 16, and 28, Michelle. So right. they could pair those to make a move. I'm just wondering if we hear as much uh, – Okay, I'm wondering how much movement there actually will be draft night as compared to what we're hearing in the lead-up to it. Right. And if so, do the Jazz say, you know what, we're hopping in on this and let's make a move? Well, so to tie in something else that – off air, you said that mm-hmm. you wanted to kind of talk about and yeah. bring up is Ryan Smith all of a sudden hosting this party. I yeah. feel like you don't do something like that unless you're planning on doing something big. Otherwise, it's kind of eh. Well, yeah. Why, sure. why, why would you bother, you know, going big and inviting people out to come and enjoy this thing if you're not going to do something that's worth talking about? Yeah, and there's no doubt about that. And here's the thing about this. So uh, Ryan responded to a tweet. So Von Zip, Capneal1, said, Hey, Ryan Qualtrics, can I ask a question of curiosity? Why no draft party at the D.C., speaking of the Delta Center this year? Uh, it seems like a great year for one. Is it a bad ROI or just something that the organization would rather not do? I'm genuinely curious, as are a lot of fans, and not trying to be critical. Ryan responds, there's a massive vert ramp on the floor of the arena for Friday's event. Uh, Tony Hawk is bringing a free event, by the way, to the Delta Center. You can watch him and other uh, pro skaters like fly off a gigantic vert ramp, apparently. <laughs> so that's going to be on the floor. Because if you don't care, we could throw the draft up on the jumbo and let everyone in. Get J-Dogs cooking who's in. And as jazz fans are wont to do, they, they and I respond, I'm like, me? I'm in. Like, <laughs> But that's the thing about this. He, this thing's, then later on... A guy named Joe Shannon, a Jigga Jazz man, responded, I'm in. Open the concession stands and lower level seats. Put the NBA draft on the Jumbotron. Sounds like a party. And then we do it all over again, fri- do it all over again Friday with Tony Hawk for his Vert Alert event, which is going to be on mm-hmm. the f- all set up. Then Ryan quote tweeted that. This is 14 hours ago. Okay, let's go. June 22nd, draft party at Delta Center. Doors at 5 during through the main entrance. Yeah. Uh, and then... Draft on the Jumbotron and free J-Dogs for everybody. Somebody asked him later how many J-Dogs are going to be available. Jason, who is the founder of J-Dogs, he runs it, said he could cook up 10,000. Oh, my gosh. That is a lot of hot dogs. Yeah. Well, and if you had a J-Dog, I don't, have you had a J-Dog? I have, I'm not a huge hot dog person, so that's like not my my meal of the, choice. The, the older I get, I'm with you. Uh, J-Dog, uh, hot dogs in general are not my thing. I still love me some J Dogs. Oh, Sarah's apparently all the in. special sauce. I'm like just just drowned it it's, in the sauce. For it's me. the stickiest stuff known to man. I don't uh-huh. know if you ever got it in your hands. Like it, it could be cement. Oh yeah, you can't get <laughs> oh. it off. It, it's just it's sticky. It's incredible though. Huh. So they're they're going to make a move here, and I'm with you. Going back to your point, yeah. I just wanted to kind of lay out how how it kind of evolved last night. 
they you're planning on making a pick. Yeah. And having I'm sure there will be people like an MC on the floor or something like that hyping up, but they don't do that without thinking, you know what? We're going to do something. And even if they just stick at 9, that's still a top 10 pick. Right. But yeah, I just I it makes me think and feel and wonder that yeah, may maybe they are going to be a little aggressive. Yeah, maybe they are going to strike while the iron's hot. You know, m- maybe they think they have a way to get, you know, a splashier name either mm-hmm. by doing some trading sure. or they just feel like someone's going to fall to them at at number 9. But I to me there has to be a plan. Again, you don't you don't open things up and try and throw this party if it's just going to be blah whatever. Sure, and that's the thing about this. Yeah, you're not you're not going to just not you're yeah, you're not going to open up the doors to your arena and be like, "All right, we're not doing anything." Otherwise, Jazz Twitter is going to be so ugly. Jazz fans there are going to be <laughs> unhappy. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. You opened your doors through this party and that's what you did? Okay. And this is the first time in my memory of this as well in the lead up to this draft, and this is just kind of how Danny Ainge operates, is they shut down. Like we we traditionally have been given opportunity as a media core to go out and talk to jazz players who have come in for workouts. The jazz have not publicized who they have worked out. It has come either through the players themselves on, on social media or mm. it's come to their agents about who's actually come to Salt Lake to work out. But we've not been given the access because the jazz are keeping it very close to the vest. Danny has the reputation of being Trader, Janny, Trader Danny for a reason because he is a guy who loves to wheel and deal and find the best – he, he doesn't make trades that he doesn't think are in his best interest. And he's the CEO of the Utah Jazz. He is the guy who has, is calling all the shots. Obviously, he has a guy like Justin Zanuck working alongside him, mm-hmm. as well as the other personnel in the front office. But he's the ultimately guy pulling the strings here. I'm just wondering, okay, they kept this very secretive. Do they have somebody or some buddies in mind here that, yeah, should – Things start to really start moving at two or three or four there, and you start seeing kind of the movement happen, and you're like, all right. Yeah, and you're reading the, you're obviously reading the tea leaves, getting intel from other teams about who they're going after. Then you're like, okay, do we risk losing this guy if we don't make a move? And that's when Danny goes into full trader Danny mode. He starts making phone calls, starts wheeling and dealing. And that's when the Jazz could ultimately make their move. I think that they've been very uh, deliberate in this process getting ready for it because they know that this draft could have a lot of consequence for the near-term future what the Jazz will look like. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, the see, the secrecy is a little interesting. Uh, sounds like the ninja recruiting that sometimes takes place up, up at Utah. Well, um, BYU does it too. Like they, 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 Here's the thing. I, I call BYU and Utah bellwether schools because other universities, and you know this as well as mm-hmm. I do, Michelle, as soon as either BYU or Utah, and in some cases both of them, offer an athlete, you see like an avalanche of offers coming from other schools. Cause the More of the blue bloods. There's a lot clear. of them say, okay, if BYU and Utah are willing to take on this kid. Yeah, what did we miss? They, they, let's, they, sir, they, let's circle back if, around if, to if that. They, if they sign off on this kid, why are we not signing off on this kid? And so that's the thing about this. People respect Danny Ainge. They also mm-hmm. revile him because he continues to just pull off. All, like, okay. Love Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. And great dude, really represented this franchise well. Danny got an absolute haul for that dude sending him to Minnesota. Yeah. Like, it looks like right now he absolutely ripped off Minnesota. 
in, in that deal, getting the first round picks that they got and the players in return, all that. And he did move some of them on pretty quickly after that. He is going to do what he is in his best interest. And Ryan's kind of given him the mandate. Speaking of Ryan Smith, he wants to win a title. Mm-hmm. They're 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 trying to build this. Is it going to happen next year? No. Probably not. No. Probably not. It feels like the window's open for for Denver to maybe rule for a little bit here. But the Jazz have got to be thinking, okay, we found at least – I think they found two pieces last year. I think you found Walker Kessler and you found Lowry Markkinen. Mm -hmm. Okay, both of those guys. Okay, we have two really nice pieces here. Now we need to go about supplementing that. A lot of rumors out there involving them wanting to go out and get a get a point guard. Uh, Bilal Koulibaly, which is, by the way, one of the funnest names to say in the draft, Bilal Koulibaly. He's, he played with Victor Wimbanyama in France. They're on the same okay. team. Mm-hmm. He has just absolutely rocketed up draft boards. And we've had a couple of draft experts on the station who have said that they, they really connect the Jazz to this guy. So there there's a lot of intrigue with what the Jazz are going to do. But to your point... I don't think Ryan's like, you know what I'm going to do? We're going to get all the people and pay them all the wages to come in. Because they have to have like, the security teams yep. there. they got to have the ushers. they they got to pay all those people to come do this event. You don't do that with thinking, you know what we're going to do? We're going to trade back in the draft. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're not actually going to do anything terribly <laughs> drastic to help our roster in this draft. Uh, everything we choose to do is just going to be okay mm-hmm. at best. Yeah, no. I It... To me, it makes me feel like they have something up their sleeve. They they know, they know something that the rest of us are waiting to find out. Uh, and like I said, you just don't. I just don't think you make a big show of it if you're not planning on doing something yeah. that's going to be exciting and really get your fans talking. And see, and that that's kind of where I sit with you. Is that you, you you're right. You don't you don't generate this excitement and then fall flat. It's mm-hmm. the whole it's the whole idea of don't overpromise and underdeliver. Mm-hmm. Under deliver and uh, under promise over deliver. Mm-hmm. That's it's what you you want to create a buzz with, and so we'll see what happens. I, I just know this: don't be surprised by anything the Jazz do on draft night. Like that's the thing about this. They and there's one other thing is that a lot of people think that the Jazz aren't going to take all three picks. I'm falling more in line with what Ben Anderson and Sarah. You can kind of weigh in on this. Correct me if I'm wrong on Ben's take on this. Ben thinks they're going to draft all three players. Like he thinks they're going to use all three picks at nine, sixteen, and twenty. Even if they do make a move, he he thinks that. He thinks that if they hold the three picks, they will still pick three players there because there is some thought out there that next year's draft is pretty weak. Lean. Yeah, like there's not there's not just a bit right now projecting ahead. Right. It doesn't look as strong as this year's draft. So the Jazz may think, hey, that 28th pick in most years might be in, in a way you're a, a role player. Mm-hmm. But this year's 28th pick is... May be infinitely better than next year's fifteenth pick, and that's your thought: is we're getting a fifteenth. Am I am I right in this assessment, Sarah? I think I'm, I am. Like the thought is that they're getting a player at twenty eight this year that probably is fifteenth next year. So therefore, the draft value on them is better. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Did I get that right? You've been producing their show. Yeah, for- that sounds. <laughs> About sometimes I get a little lost in all the numbers, but yeah. from what I understand, yeah, that sounds right. And Locke was the one who says that's probably the most practical and logical move is sure. to use all three picks. It'll be interesting, but they do have the three picks to work with, yeah, along with a treasure trove of other assets, right? Yeah, things like, that can be traded away, packages, yeah. blah blah blah. Yeah. yeah, you can you can make the moves. Well. In theory, the Jazz have the pieces or the, the assets to make moves that they deem are in their best interest as they move forward here. So it, 
going to be an interesting draft ahead. But hey, if you want to come out, uh, the best part is you can hit two draft parties in one night because we're having one yeah. here. Uh, with the zone, it's going to be at the break, which is literally I, I'm across dead serious. Literally across <laughs> the street from the Delta Center. Stop by, uh, say hi to all of our personalities. We're going to have people out there all night long. Ben, Jake, starting uh, at three p.m. Three p.m. Uh, so Unrivaled's going to be there broadcasting live. DJ PK are going to stop by. Uh, I'm sure Hands Scotty will be there. It, it's going to be a fun thing. And then yeah, if you do want, if you get done there, you can just wander over the Delta Center and hang out there too and get some free J Dogs apparently. So it could be a night full of food. Let's just put it that way. Woof. <laughs> in the best way possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the best. I, I, I say that in the best way possible. Because who yeah. doesn't love to stuff their face? I know I do. Exactly. So we'll see what happens. All right. And we'll have, of course, full coverage. We're going to do a live broadcast all night long, carrying you through all the, whatever the Jazz do. We'll, we'll carry press conferences live of players that they draft, uh, talking with uh, the Jazz Brain Trust and Danny Ainge, as well as uh, Justin Zanuck. I'm sure we'll get up there at some point. So we'll have a lot going on. All right, so coming up next, we'll round out hour one, as we typically do with uh, technical fouls. Uh, we had one that broke just overnight that I am excited to dig into because it goes with a guy that just seemingly can't get out of his own way. We'll get to that next right here on The Saturday Show. You're coming from the street with dirty shoes on your feet. That's it, that's the cold foul. If you switch the radio to some modern music show, that's it, that's the cold foul. If you touch the thermostat, you'll get hit with a bat. Cause that's it, that's the cold foul. You will feel my wrath. That's it, that's foul. Personal file, 69, office. He was giving them the business. A technical foul. All right, time now for technical fouls here on the Saturday show, and we've got some good ones this week. Uh, let's start in chronological order, and uh, I'm going to start with Sarah's actually because this was a crazy one the other night. USA and Mexico playing uh, four red cards. I don't know how many yellow cards were handed out. We had fights in the stands, trash being thrown on the field, four players sent off, yeah, a ripped jersey. It Did you was see this, Michelle no. insane, crazy. US, the whole game needs needs a technical foul. Yeah, the U.S. men's national team <laughs> ended up running over Mexico three nothing. Like they just absolutely just stomped them, but it had all kinds of craziness in it. And from what it looked like, Mexico was just kind of the sore loser. Oh, they went they went and to straight beer league mode. It was bad, and like even the fans were chanting like terrible, vulgar things, and that ended up getting the whole game just St- ended. Well, ended. <laughs> Here's the thing. Mexico's fans have had a very bad reputation literally for decades now of using a homophobic slur on goal kicks. Mm. FIFA, CONCACAF, all the different uh, people out there have tried to get them to stop. Even their own federation has tried to get their fans to stop. The sad part is it does not stop because the penalties are just not severe enough. Yeah. So, yeah. Insane scenes down there in Las Vegas. Yeah, it was was so bad. And I didn't even watch the game, but I— the when it happened, I was getting all the social media stuff for it. I'm like, what is going on? Like, I, I was watching. It was poor crazy. refs lost absolute control of that game of oh, the fans boy. of the players. It was bad. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, nuts. All right. Terrifying. Yeah. But uh, U.S. plays Canada tomorrow. It's called the Concacaf Nations League. It's just another competition that they concocted to to have. Uh, they will play Canada in the final tomorrow night at six thirty. 
it mainly is the Americas from what it's yeah, it con- like. So yeah. CONCACAF, it stands for the it's Confederation of North America, Central America, and the islands out in the Gulf of Mexico, essentially. That, that's the confederation that exists. So Mexico, U.S., and Canada are the three dominant forces, but you also have Jamaica, Costa Rica. You have little tiny islands like St. Thomas. Like, yeah. So. And there's a European one going on right now, and they're probably looking at us like, come on, America, yeah, get, the, your, UEFA, get your act together. The UEFA Nations League in their own right now, <laughs> no doubt. All right, Michelle, what do you got for us? Uh, well, it sounds like Friday night was just popping well, here, yesterday. But the, the sad part is it's not necessarily out of uh, question. of Mexico and U.S., when they get together, crazy crap happens. Oh, totally. It's just it, it's part of – there are stories of the, of down at Estadio Azteca in uh, Mexico City where the, it's the home base for the Mexican national team when they play games. They like fans would light up coins and throw them at U.S. players. Batteries being thrown, bags of urine being thrown at U.S. players. The history of this—it's been going on forever. Well, I'm just saying, it sounds like all of our stories happened last night. So, yeah, like, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. So, mine was a Friday nighter as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, New England Patriots player was arrested Friday evening at a security checkpoint at Boston's Logan Airport mm-hmm. after two guns were found inside his carry-on luggage. It's Jack Jones, right? Yep. 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 Nice work, Jack Jones. I mean, this guy is, uh, he's uh, facing some gnarly, gnarly charges. Unlawful possession of a firearm, carrying a loaded firearm, possession of large capacity feeding device, and possession of ammunition without a firearm identification card. Yeah. Uh, And again, you're trying to get this through airport security. At an international airport, no less. Way to go, dude. Yeah, like this is just—it's a really, really bad look. Obviously, to have two loaded guns in your luggage—it's like, what are you doing? Like, I, I look. Here's the thing: we all know no weapons in your carry-on. Uh, and uh, yeah, TSA is pretty pretty diligent on looking at that. I mean, I get stopped all the time for my curling iron, which I suppose sure. If I stopped for a minute and let that thing heat up, <laughs> it could be a weapon, I suppose. Okay, but here's the thing: this Jack Jones had a pretty checkered time during his college days. He played at USC for two years, mm-hmm. then went to ASU. Came a fourth round pick by the Patriots. He actually had his season ended due to a violation of team rules last season. Crazy stuff going on. Yeah, he's like the John Morant. Even spent time at Moorpark Community College. Yeah, it just I don't know. And by the way, it, John Morant, twenty five game suspension, going to cost yeah. himself potentially as much as like with lost salary that he could have made over the time that this is going to all entail. Fifty million dollars he could lose out on potentially. Bad decisions have repercussions, folks. They do. All right, um, I got one more real quick. Uh, so Bob Huggins, obviously, a couple weeks back, uh, made a we said gay slurs uh, on uh, some very horrible, horrible things. Yeah, on a radio interview, like just awful stuff. Well, he got, had his contract amended. He's essentially on like super, super thin ice because of the contract amendment. It was essentially a year to year deal. Well, last night he was picked up uh, by uh, police near Pittsburgh. And he ended up uh, having – so he, he was blocking the, the roadway, had a shredded tire in a black SUV, uh, 
was asked by the officer to move his car out of the way, out of the lane of traffic so people could get by. Then he does that. Try Then he tries to start to do a three-point turn. It says, when Huggins was operating the vehicle, he was on and off the brake quickly, multiple times jerking the vehicle. He started backing up, almost hitting the wall behind him. Then turn on the police control lights, the patrol lights from the officer. They uh, do field sobriety tests. He ends up having a breathalyzer uh, test. Uh, let's see. After multiple failed attempts, Huggins blew a .210, indicating there was alcohol in his system. That is an insanely high blood alcohol content level, and he is now uh, facing all kinds of, uh, of repercussions of this decision. Because, like I said... This could be the final straw that breaks the camel's back, proverbially, for a guy like that. Because when you do what you did on radio, I already put you on thin ice, and then this, whole nother deal. Yeah, uh, that that was very, very much a, oh, the ice is thin? Well, it's still there. Let's skate. Uh, You know, I am a big believer in second chances, and, you know, people make mistakes and, you know, say things or do things that are unsavory at times. Uh, but there are also other times where when someone tells you who they are, it's best to just believe them. And that might be that kind of a case in this case. You know, see, so officers observed uh, empty beer cans and a white garbage bag on the front passenger side floorboard of Huggins' vehicle. In the trunk was another white garbage bag of empty metal beer cans. So, ugh, not uh, good. That, that is a lot of beer yeah. to consume. Well, and... I was thinking about this. Like, who knows? But yeah, he failed the test multiple, like, filled sobriety test, then taken into custody. We'll see what happens. But it, this screams to me that this may ultimately end the 69 year old's career. And he's had a very long and a pretty good career as a college basketball coach, but has not been without controversy. And two, I think the the radio interview was just like five or six weeks ago. So this is this is two back to back incidents in a very short period that ultimately could cost him that opportunity. We'll see. But yeah, sad scenes. And yeah, Friday night apparently. Crazy. It, crazy was, times. it was wild yeah. last night. Yeah. All right. Uh, we will come back on the other side. We are going to be joined by Hank Mondaka. He is a former University of Utah punter trying to uh, help out underprivileged youth, especially in the football realm. Michelle had a really cool thing she did on her podcast with him, also an article. Uh, we figured, you know what? Let's have him on the radio and talk a little bit further about that. So we'll have him on next. This is the Saturday show right here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson. And unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.